Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. All right, folks, welcome back to. The verdict here on 590 The Fan, 590thefan.com, 2 p.m. hour, taking you up till 3 p.m. today. You got Major League Baseball postseason starting here in just a matter of minutes. And uh, was sort of looking up some statistics on this first game, which features the Texas Rangers in St. Pete to take on the Tampa Bay Rays. Vegas, for what it's worth, has uh, the Texas Rangers as a slight underdog in this game. It's Jordan Montgomery, the former Cardinal, who was traded at the deadline to the Rangers, going up against Tyler Glass now for the Tampa Bay Rays. And the Rays are minus 150 on the money line. Ironically, these teams have played six times total this year. And the last time that they've played, it was in uh, late July. I believe it was the end of July. Let me get that uh, pulled up real quick here. Yeah, it was uh, July 17th, 18th, and 19th. And Texas beat them. Now, those games were in Arlington. Texas won three to two. Texas won five to three. And then in the finale, they swept the Rays with a five-one win over Tampa Bay. Now that was also at a point in which the Rangers were playing some of their best baseball, and the Rays were playing some of their worst baseball. So the Rays hit a rough patch uh, right. Before the deadline, and or pardon me, right before the All Star break, and then right kind of after the All Star break, they got out of the gates a bit slow, but they recovered and they went on to win 99 games this season, finishing second to the first place Baltimore Orioles. But the Tampa Bay Rays are very good, and you know where else they're very good? They're very good at that dome. 53 and 28 this season at home, and the Rangers, for what it's worth, had an under 500 record away from Arlington, and in the only two games that they lost to the Rays, they lost two out of three when the series was down in St. Pete. That was in uh, the middle of June. So Montgomery for the year, 10-11 and 11 with a 3.2 ERA. Glass now 10-7 and 7 with a 3.60 ERA. And this is going to kick off the wild card uh, four-game slate here on this Tuesday. So uh, coming up at 3.30, Toronto and Minnesota. Minnesota trying to snap the longest losing streak of any franchise right now. The losing streak is at 18 consecutive playoff games that dates back to the year 2004. And I believe Kevin uh, on his uh, on uh, King's Court said that uh, some absurd number of those losses have come to the New York Yankees. So of the 18 straight postseason losses, something like maybe he said 13, 
which is just astonishing. 18 consecutive losses. Can you imagine going up uh, trying to win a game for the first time in the playoffs since 2004? That is wild. 6 p.m. first pitch between Milwaukee and the Arizona D-backs. We'll see what Corbin Burns has tonight at home against the Diamondbacks. And then in the nightcap, uh, the Philadelphia Phillies hosting the Miami Marlins. And the Marlins, uh, this is actually a season series that the Marlins won. Of course, they play a lot, but Miami won 7-6. And if you go back and look at the season series, I mean, it is wild. They traded wins for the most part of their uh, 13 games. There were like two instances in which I went through in which the Marlins won consecutive games and the Phillies won consecutive games. But it has flip-flopped in their last – I'm just doing quick math here. Their last six games have all – neither team has won two in a row in their last six games, head-to-head. So – that is what it looks like for the Marlins and the Phillies. If we have time today, there was a good preview this morning on MLB Central with uh, Mark DeRosa, who breaks it down better than anybody. And we'll see if Mark DeRosa gets any phone calls for some of the open vacancies across Major League Baseball. Of course, he coached uh, Team USA to a runner-up finish to Japan in the World Baseball Classic and has had different interviews before and has been long thought of to be a guy that teams would like to put inside uh, their their clubhouse as the manager, but uh, we'll see what happens there. But he has great analysis on this, and he brings up the fact that Miami's got a couple of left-handers that could throw off the Phillies lineup. Uh, that is, crushes, crushes right-handers, but this season against lefties has not been all that great. And then tonight's guy, Lazardo, Jesus Lazardo, uh, Cardinals fans should be Familiar with Lazardo, this guy is lights out 3-0 with a 3.26 ERA and five career starts against the Phillies. So he hasn't gone up against them in the playoffs, and he did not have he has not really pitched great in the playoffs. Lazardo 0-1 with a 5.91 ERA and three playoff appearances, including two starts. So the Marlins back in the playoffs, uh, which is wild. It's been a long time actually since they've been in the playoffs. Uh, in a regulation-length regulation season, so taking COVID out of it, uh, the first time since 2003 the Marlins are back in the, in the postseason and they won the World Series that year. So uh, they did make the postseason in, in, the, in the COVID-shortened 2020 season, but first full regular season appearance since 2003. So that has been a long, long time coming, and of course – it is Skip Schumacher who is guiding that team back to the playoffs. And uh, Skip Schumacher remembers playing the Phillies last postseason when he was the bench coach for Ali Marmol. And Ali Marmol decided to take Jose Quintana for some ungodly reason out of the game after he was dealing against the Phillies. And then he decided to sit there and leave Ryan Helsley in the game when Ryan Helsley couldn't hit a uh, the broadside of a barn if he tried. So that was very pathetic and probably should have been a fireable offense at the time. And uh, instead, you bring Ollie back and you go 71 and 91. But there are four teams going on, and I believe that game is in the top of the first. So first pitch has indeed, I think, been thrown between Texas and Tampa Bay. And I like Tampa Bay in that contest at home to get it done in game one against Jordan Montgomery and the Texas Rangers. So we will keep an eye on that game as we move along here through the hour. 
a lot of news today around Major League Baseball with Trevor Bauer. We talked about it extensively on King's Court. Um, but there are terrific threads if you want to look into how this has all played out uh, with, with um, Trevor Bauer, who essentially was accused of rape by a girl that he was dating, Lindsey Hill. And as a result, he was put on leave by Major League Baseball. Now, keep in mind, too, all of the news out of the Dodgers clubhouse was that they found this to just be awful and they couldn't stand by Trevor Bauer. So not one player in that room decided to vocalize their support publicly for Trevor Bauer, which, in my opinion, is terrible. And what is the point of having a player's union if they will just so sheepishly throw you under the bus and not come to your defense in moments where you clearly need it. And uh, at the very least, you should be saying, well, let's let the facts play out. Let's let the facts play out. Let's see if we can uh, investigate this more. We still believe that a man is innocent, men and women are innocent until proven guilty. But it seems like uh, in the Me Too movement, There have been a lot of allegations hurled at individuals, and some have stuck, and some are absolutely horrible. Uh, Who's the Harvey Weinstein? You know, ridiculous. Uh, Let that guy rot, and he pretty much is. If you've seen photos of his teeth lately, my God. Uh, But in this particular instance, you know, it's a lot of he said, she said. So when the news breaks, you know, of course, the left-wing sports media is going to immediately come out and amplify the event in favor of the player being charged. It's almost for, it's almost a given that they're going to come out and say, well, Trevor Bauer should never be – in fact, they'd probably put him in the gulag. Put Trevor Bauer in the gulag. He should no longer be able to uh, you know, uh, go anywhere, see anybody, have a family, have any support of any kind because he has been hit with these alleg- allegations. Well, two years later, two years later – we are now getting access to this sweet, sweet peach, Lindsay Hill's text messages between her and a friend where she openly writes that Bauer was her next victim. Her text, Bauer is her next victim, and that she needs to quote, great, just imagine ever typing this in a text message and then not wondering, boy, should I reach out to her friend group? Should I reach out to the authorities? This seems like a very dangerous uh, precedent here. And the fact that the friend who's getting this text message apparently didn't come to any conclusion like, whoa, this is a red flag. I should probably do something. No, she reads this and probably agreed with it. Goes, here's the text, quote, daddy to choke me out being an absolute whore to try to get in on his $51 million. Now, if you read a text message like that, I, I would be so sick to my stomach if somebody ever sent me a text message like that, that they were trying to do that to somebody else. I, I couldn't live with myself without trying to go to authorities and figure out this person needs help. Not to mention some of the videos that have emerged of this Lindsay Hill at different sporting events where she's clearly intoxicated, drinking Bud Light. <clears throat> kind of funny. But she is clearly intoxicated, picking fights with other females, stirring up trouble, security trying to get her removed from the premise. I mean, she looks like a disaster. She looks soulless. She looks satanic. 
She looks lost. And when you write that you are going after individuals and you are salivating over, quote, a next victim so you can jump on uh, $51 million, and then who in their right mind ever says, Daddy, to choke me out? My God. what? Like, I know society is broken, but a grown female asking Trevor Bauer or to her friend that she wants to extort Trevor Bauer in a way that daddy chokes me out. Wow. She also said that she was going to get his house or going to his house and asked her friend, what should I steal? I mean, I'm sorry, folks. We have become such a lost, lost society. And this is just one example. I mean, I could go down a whole list of things. And this, I don't even think that, you know, this, this whole thing has been politicized because if you dare do defend Trevor Bauer, well then, you know, that puts you on the list of all of the other things that piss the liberals off. I mean, I don't even understand how this became a left or right argument. But it did, like most things. And of course, one side is right in the end and the other side is so clearly wrong. But the other side who is so clearly wrong won't actually come to the table and announce that they were wrong because they don't do that. They just move on to the next target. Moving goalposts, that should be their M.O. Actually, it is their M.O., and that should be their public statement, and they should just acknowledge that in, in wide open truth, but instead, uh, it's like you have to play their stupid little game. I'm tired of playing their stupid little game. So this was a pre-planned and well-thought-out plan to destroy Trevor Bauer's life and his entire reputation. He hasn't pitched in the big leagues in two years Nobody came to his defense from the Dodgers. Nobody came to his defense from the Players' Union. In fact, teammates had come out, I believe, in these same text messages and threw Bauer under the bus. So I agree with the notion that Lindsey Hill should go to jail for double the amount of time that Bauer would have gone to jail had he actually done any of these things in which she charged him with. And, and, and situations like this happen all the time. And there's nothing done about it. The women are never held accountable. I don't understand why. To me, it is absolutely absurd that she would not be held accountable for this. And it goes even further, but there is a journalist by the name of Molly Knight who should be barred from any journalism platform ever again if journalism platforms held any merit whatsoever, if they had any um, if they had any credibility left. But Molly Knight from The Athletic went on and reported that Trevor Bauer fractured the skull of Lindsey Hill. And at the time, The Athletic even had copies of Hill's medical records which showed there was no fracture. So what did this beauty Molly Knight, this low IQ, oily clickbait witch, do? Well, she defamed Mr. Bauer by creating and spreading the false narrative that Mr. Bauer fractured the complainant's soul. Skull. There was no basis for the assertion because the complainant's own medical records, which the athletic possessed, showed that she had no such fracture. Nonetheless, consistent with their prior and subsequent expressions 
of animus towards Mr. Bauer, the Athletic and Miss Knight publicized the false attack, which was picked up and further disseminated to a larger audience by other media outlets and social media sites. I just have absolutely zero respect for somebody like Molly Knight. And as I pointed out on King's Court, where the hell is the the private investigative unit by Major League Baseball? All they would have had to do is uncover these text messages from Lindsey Hill to her friend, openly acknowledging an attempt to extort money from Trevor Bauer in the open. And yet they do such a low-level investigation clearly that they run Trevor Bauer out of the league. And then nobody in the sport, apparently, has a set of cojones on them to defend Trevor Bauer. And if you do defend Trevor Bauer, you've got people like Molly Knight and the Nancy Armors of the world and the rest of the jackpot reporters that cover the damn game that just look at you like you are some crazy individual. How dare you? I'm sure Nancy Armour right now is writing up a piece for the USA Today in which she will defend all of her comments against Trevor Bauer. Well, even if Trevor Bauer is innocent, it doesn't mistake the allegation should stick to him. That's how crazy she is. And she will actually sit there, and I don't even know if she'll believe it, but she'll write it, and it'll get published in the USA Today. So wait for that comment or story to drop on our nation's disgraced newspaper, the USA Today. What an absolute disgrace. So will Trevor Bauer ever get back in the big leagues? I mean, who knows? Who knows? Because you know that there are teams out there that'll just quite simply say, well, his talent isn't worth the social media backlash that we'll get from a bunch of bots. And either legitimate bots on Twitter or just simple robotic human beings that all have this sheepish groupthink, one echo chamber lifestyle that is, quite frankly, the most annoying thing that I've ever come across in my entire life. We used to play that drop on Hot Take Central. Democracy's at stake, where they're all chanting it. You know where democracy's actually at stake, you nitwits? Is when somebody like Trevor Bauer is falsely accused of rape charges and you've got text messages literally on her phone to her friend acknowledging that she wanted to extort $51 million. That is when democracy is at stake. You don't even have to go back that far in the world of sports to find where else this happened. Anybody remember the story of the Bills punter? Matt Arazia? She was accused he was accused of raping a 17, a then 17-year-old at a party when Matt Arazia was in college. As a result of these allegations, he was cut from the NFL, defamed by the media. 
He should never be allowed to play again on a football field. Okay, well, I mean, if he did it, yeah, probably not. In reality, this woman was actually just being, I'll leave this to your own explanation, someone who was having consensual sex with multiple men on the night she alleges she was raped. So, you know, these types of stories... When they go public, they're very bizarre, right? Like, wow, so three players on a football team were having sex with the same woman on the same night. I mean, folks, we can all sit here and we can sort of laugh at that. And when it's public, it's like, oh, my gosh, what? <laughs> what was going on? Uh, but these things happen, okay? And if you're naive to that, then... I don't know. Maybe you live in a ro- under a rock or something. Or you haven't really lived ever. So Matt Ar- uh, Ar- Ar- Arazia, I think I'm saying his name right, was completely vindicated in all of this. And, you know, now what is he supposed to do? I guess he's supposed to, to, to file a defamation lawsuit against this uh, female. I mean, can he sue the NFL? Can he sue the Buffalo Bills? They all come out and put out these public statements. Oh, we do not stand with this man. He, What he did when he was a punter, uh, I forget where he was at, maybe Fresno State or Arizona State, well, some school out west. We do not stand. He'll be put on administrative leave. They do all these investigations, and they're like, oh, mm, well, yeah, when you add up two plus two, it really doesn't equal four. But we play in a society in which now 2 plus 2 equals 5. You know, I'll give you a piece of example last night. Should Scott Van Pelt be canceled? I honestly wonder that question. If you've missed it, Jimmy Butler, the uh, esteemed NBA player for the Miami Heat, showed up at picture day. He showed up at picture day with a new hairstyle. Now, you might look at that hairstyle and say, okay, I could see if, like, a woman wanted to pull that off. That would look pretty good. Jimmy Butler was clearly sort of dressed up as a woman at the podium. I mean, if you think I'm kidding, look it up. He's got, like, a piercing in his eyelid or in his uh, eyebrow, and he's got a traditional female hairstyle. And he's sitting there sort of posing in a feminine way for the camera. Well, Scott Van Pelt is laughing last night. I mean, is it? He's laughing? He's laughing at Jimmy Butler for mocking uh, a, a biological male dressed as a female? No, what Scott Van Pelt was doing was having the natural reaction what most sane individuals have when they see a man dressed up with female appearance. It's the same thing I have when I see that Rachel Levine stand up there and, you know, she went by Dick Levine and was a husband and had kids, and now all of a sudden she's playing makeup and uh, acting as a woman. And she's like, you know, way obese and somehow she's involved in health decisions in this country. 
Like, you laugh at something like that. But why, what, you know, if ESPN, who was so quick to take out any individual who may have possibly said that Leah Thomas um, swimming as a, as a biological male and winning in female competition was wrong, ABC and Disney took issue with it. So why don't they take issue with Scott Van Pelt, who is laughing at Jimmy Butler, who dressed up as a female yesterday for picture day at Miami Heat uh, facility? I don't understand the double standard. In fact, I'm outraged. I hear say, I want Scott Van Pelt canned on this, what is it, third day of October at 2.24, at 14.24.45, in a 24-hour clock, I declare that Scott Van Pelt should be held accountable by Bob Iger and the rest of the woke idiots who run Disney and ESPN. Why wouldn't they? I mean, I actually couldn't believe it. Here is Scott Van Pelt having a natural reaction, which any sane individual would have when a biological male dresses up as a female and you wonder what the hell's wrong with you, and then all of a sudden he's laughing at it, and yet ESPN doesn't take issue with it. I don't get it. I don't understand it. Imagine if somebody was laughing at Leah Thomas with her big bulge standing out on the podium accepting an award for winning a race at the NCAA championships against all biological females, and the ESPN anchor decided to laugh. What would have happened to that anchor? Hmm. This is a lunatic world, folks. And I'm telling you, the quicker that uh, you start standing up for things like this, and folks, it's not just like it's not just Trevor Bauer, it's not just Matt Arazia. You know, didn't we just go through this with Johnny Depp? Didn't Brett Kavanaugh go through this? The Me Too movement, now they're coming after Russell Brand, Andrew Tate. You know, if I were to file a false police report, it can get, uh, I believe that, that uh, the harshest sentence is like seven years in state prison. Women constantly destroy the reputations, careers, and lives of men making false rape and sexual assault allegations. They never go to jail. And then, of course, the amount of money that Trevor Bauer has to spend defending his own life in legal fees are so ridiculously high that whatever he wins from Lindsey Hill or Molly, whatever this lunatic is for the athletic, what is her name? Whatever he were to, if he were to win in, in say, a, a defamation lawsuit, Molly Knight. Ugh. Makes me want to throw up just saying her name. Whatever he wins in a legal and a civil lawsuit like that, it won't be anywhere near the amount of legal fees that he's dished out to defend his reputation over the last two years. And it certainly won't make up the amount of lost income that he was dealt because Major League Baseball barred him from playing in their league. I I mean if this doesn't if this doesn't send you to like 12 out of 10 outrage then you're part of the problem. How about that? Weren't we told that during all the riots from a couple of years ago? If you're not part of the solution, you're part of the problem. Well, you know what? If you ain't part of the problem, if you ain't part of the solution in stopping this type of nonsense, 
And I think you can just start with reflecting on what happens when you become the judge, the jury, and the executioner all in one. And that's basically what it is when the media and everybody jumps on board with this thing right out of the gates and the players don't even come to your defense. That is sickening. I'm sorry. That is just absolutely sickening. There's a comment here on the text line. They do it in the military as well. My son and his counterparts were accused of sexual harassment, and he was accused of sexual assault. The, uh, this, uh, he writes, this lesbian was transferred off base, no questions asked. She ran around telling her friends that she was able to be transferred by accusing these guys. Disgusting. Yeah, that happens too all the time. And... Uh, Oh, my gosh. Don't even get me shot. I mean, look, I really do adore and respect the men and women that protect our freedoms in this country, but the leadership, the people that wear all the pins that stand up there, and they have just taken the total bait on diversity, equity, and inclusion, and ESG scores. Do you know how hard it is for people to get uh, to get into the military if you let's just say you're a healthy white male these days do you know how hard it is do you know how easy it is if you are like a trans cat to get into the military if you think I'm making that up go for, look for yourself you think it sounds ridiculous it is ridiculous and it is true but that's the world that we're currently working with. And if you didn't think that it's invaded our military, wow. So there you go. I hope that uh, Trevor Bauer is back pitching in the big leagues. And I wish, you know, more so than, than anything to do with Trevor Bauer, I, I hope that our society restores an element of sobriety and patience when these allegations come to light. And they won't. We won't. The media is too quick to jump on it, and it's the next big big thing. A big-name celebrity or athlete is accused of something, and they run with it. And then you wonder, like, well, how am I going to get a fair trial? Oh, fair trial? Sir, I don't think you understand. You don't get a fair trial when you're accused of these things. Don't you understand? No, I thought this was America. I thought I got a fair trial. I thought I was... No, 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 no. That's maybe how it used to be done, not any longer. That's not how things are done in today's society. We decide when you're guilty. And all it takes is one crazy woman like a Lindsay Hill to sit there and make up accusations despite texting her friend. You know, the friend should be guilty in this too. Friends sitting there watching all this go down, watching a man's life go up in a mushroom cloud, and she's sitting on text messages from her friend, which acknowledge the intent to destroy a human being. And you just sit there with that guilt on your conscience? That, that's, that's equally as bad. There's so much bad here. And it's all been enabled. It's all been enabled because our media has no restraint. It's all been enabled because these um, these 
types of accusations are permitted in civil courts without any evidence whatsoever. And if it does go to a jury trial, most times than not, it's very difficult for a man to get a free trial. And they've also, yes, been enabled by men who do commit these disgusting acts of rape and sexual uh, assault that are ultimately found guilty. And then that they have done it. So I'm not vindicating men in any of this, but my God. You know, people do heinous things. But when you make up heinous acts against an individual and you watch their life go into crumble over it, you are a sick, demented human being that has no place to see the outside world. I truly believe that. Truly amazing. All right, uh, let's see here. It's 2.32. Rays and Rangers are playing down in St. Pete, and Texas has a one nothing lead there. That game in the top of the second inning, so Glass now struggling, and the Rangers are looking for more. They got two outs with a runner on third base, and they just walked the batter. So Kevin Cash, who actually is pitching coach, is going to hop out of the bull- or dugout and go have a chat with Glass now. But... Uh, the Rays down early, and these three-game sets, man, I talked about it yesterday. You blink, and they are over. So it'll be fun today, fun tomorrow with eight games across the two days, everybody in action, but you lose game one in a three-game set, the likelihood that you're winning the series is way, way down. Way, way down. Yeah, and that's actually even true in a best of five. The winner of game uh, one in a best of five, I believe, goes on to win the eventual series in the division round like 70-plus percent of the time. That's a huge number. Huge number. The Texas Rangers. By the way, there was an article, speaking of more drama outside of just the fact that Major League Baseball has games going on. See, this is another reason why Major League Baseball can't get out of their own uh, shell. Like the story today should be all about four games going on across Major League Baseball, postseason action, and boom, this bombshell from Trevor Bauer comes out. And it's like, how do you even talk about any of these players that are currently on teams that sat there with their hands under their pants while Trevor Bauer's life was getting ruined? I mean, to me, you, like, how do you even promote a sport that, that sells somebody out like that? That's, that, that, that's baloney. Utter baloney. This was the other story that I was getting at. Chris Young, who's the former uh, pitcher in the big leagues, he's now the general manager of the Texas Rangers. He is on the offensive, and he's coming after several reporters. Um, the Texas Rangers had a lead in the American League West going into the final homestand, or final uh, uh, three-game series, Friday, Saturday, Sunday of the season. Well, the Rangers squandered the American League West to the Astros on the final day of the season, and the Astros are sort of have put up different uh, things on social media uh, that that sort of state like well we we celebrate titles around here we don't celebrate postseason births and I have agree I do kind of agree with the idea that celebrating a postseason birth with a champagne party and clubhouse all that 
is a bit over the top for me. You know, I think that once the divisions are settled, then if you clinch, say, a wild card spot, all right, and you want to give a toast, I'm cool with that. But I think like a full-blown champagne party for winning a postseason berth, I think it's a little silly. But then again, who am I to turn down a good time? Like, you know what? If you want to blast champagne in the clubhouse for making the postseason after a 162-game gauntlet of a year, I, I don't give a damn. But then you do open yourself up to criticism when you lose the American League West to the Astros because you lose the final series of the year to the uh, Seattle Mariners. And by the way, in doing so, it does put a little heat on you because you have to make a cross-country flight. So instead of having four days off, if you're Bruce Bochy and the Texas Rangers, instead, you got to fly from Seattle on Sunday, change three time zones, and get to the East Coast and be ready to play in St. Pete for a best of three starting today. Like, that's a lot. So, Houston beat the Diamondbacks 8-1 to on Sunday. And that's what gave them the... Uh, that's what gave them the the division win. So the Astros posted on their social media platform, we celebrate titles in Houston. A lot of people were wondering what it was going to be like if the Strohs didn't win the division. I guess I will never know. That was a video of Alex Bregman telling his teammates after the Astros won. So they had a champagne toast. Meanwhile, the Rangers lit the lid off. Well, Chris Young has taken exception, and not only to the social media post out there by the Astros, but he seems to be going after Brian McTaggart, who covers the Astros for MLB.com, and he posted on X, the Rangers partied last night while the Astros had a champagne toast and quickly turned their attention to Sunday and one more win. Houston's, quote, been there, done there mentality paid off, it seems. Chris Young came out on his weekly radio segment on 105.3 The Game in Dallas and said, it's pretty poor journalism to even suggest that, honestly. I'm very disappointed in the lack of professionalism of the Houston journalists for putting that out there. It's classless, and it's not appropriate, and it's completely fabricated. It's wrong. He said, these guys had earned the right to pop those champagne bottles, and that was the extent of our celebration. It had no impact whatsoever on Sunday's game. Yeah, I don't even know. See, in my opinion, it's funny how people handle these types of situations so diplomatically. Like, that's part of the problem, too, getting back to Trevor Bauer before, you know, taking a break here. When Chris Young is asked about some idiot, Brian McTaggart, making the point that the Astros won the division because the Astros partied on Sunday or Saturday night and the Astros had a champagne toast, you turn that right back on the question on the interviewer. I'd say, you know, what what did um, what did Bryce Harper say? That's a clown question, bro. No, we lost the game to the Seattle Mariners. That's that, and the Astros won their game. Now I don't know. I I would also like to see how like were the were the Rangers getting trashed. 
because that champagne can linger. Whew. Anybody who's been to a wedding and had some champagne, I mean, man, that the sugar content in that champagne, it sticks around like a bad, bad storm. You got to shake the cobwebs the morning after having some champagne. But most of the time, from my experience in those clubhouses, like they're just they're dousing one another in champagne, maybe taking a few swigs out of the bottle. But I don't know how many guys are getting absolutely hammered. I guess Scott Spezio one time got hammered back in 06. They had to carry him on the plane or something when the Cardinals clinched the pennant in New York. But I think we all can agree that Scott Spezio maybe had a little different issue going on. So he might not be the best example. (laughs) But he was partying, there's no doubt. But I don't know about all this. I think it's a dumb take. Uh, But again, it overshadows, and this is where baseball continuously fails, it overshadows that their sport has four games today starting their postseason. It's always something else around Major League Baseball outside of their their games. And when it is their games, it's like, oh, well, you know, uh, the pitchers need longer time to throw a ball in the postseason. Or, uh, you know, like the Cardinals pitchers complain, oh, it's too, you know, when it gets cold, how am I going to be able to pitch with that pitch clock? So they're always, like, complaining about the game. (laughs) It's really something. That's just baseball in a nutshell, though. It happens all the time. Are the Cardinals too woke to sign Trevor Bauer? Well, I don't know. I mean, to me, like, you need pitching desperately. You know, you went out and you allowed Adam Wainwright to clearly pitch through what he claims was a torn labrum. And here's another class A reason why the best fans in baseball who are like championing Adam Wainwright for somehow sticking through a torn labrum and getting to his 200th victory was just so impressive. Are you dumb or st- are you stupid or dumb? He he went full uh what 5 and 11 with a 7.50 ERA. I mean, that is not something that you look at and go, wow, what a badge of honor that is. This guy pitched his ass off, and he was doing so with a torn labrum, and he was still getting guys out. No, he wasn't getting guys out. He was getting shelled. And because you had no one else to put in the game, you kept putting them out there. So maybe we can drop the whole, are the Cardinals too woke to sign Trevor? They might be just be too dumb at this point to sign Trevor Bauer. No, we're going to go with a guy who's got a torn labrum. <laughs> you imagine? After that stint he had, which was repulsive against, uh, remember, at the tail end of June into July, where he got blown up by the Astros and Ali Marmel after the game was giddy about him going back out there. Whoa, we can't wait. He's going to start next uh, on the 4th of July against the Miami Marlins. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And that start happened to go worse, somehow worse than the start against the Astros. I went to that game. That was the last, actually, that was the last game I went to Bush Stadium was late June against the Houston Astros. And before we even walked into our all-inclusive, beautiful seats in the Champions Club, that ball game was out of hand. Trevor, or uh, Adam Wainwright had gone right off the train tracks. Guess that's why it's a good night to stay in the Champions Club. (laughs) All right, let's get to a break. Monday Night Football last night. 
Uh, I lost more money. Even Well, actually, you know, it was kind of a push. I'll tell you why at the other end. And uh, Daniel Jones, wow. This is, uh, this is a growing problem in the National Football League. Teams are really making bad decisions when they decide to pay their quarterbacks. This is going to hamstring them for a long, long time. We'll get to that when we return. You're listening to The Verdict. I'm Nate Lucas, taking you up till 3 p.m. today on 590 The Fan and 590TheFan.com.